This is Cast Club Radio. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling. On Cast Club Radio, we believe every spirit has a story. And stories like good drinks are always better when shared with friends. Each week, we'll explore the intersection of cocktails, spirits, beer, wine, and life. It's Cast Club Radio. Here's your hosts, Lydia Cruz and Justin Stiefel. Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Cast Club Radio. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. My name's Lydia Cruz. And I'm Justin Stiefel. I'm Maura Dooley. And we are getting in the thick of October here. It's been beautiful, actually. It's been a sunny and cold, yes, but sunny <laughs> October, which gives me more time to walk around my neighborhood and look at everybody's Halloween decorations, which I love. I absolutely love this time of year. It has been beautiful, but now we've got weather starting to kick in, and uh, I'm excited because for years I've talked about it, and I finally pulled the trigger, Uh and it's actually happening. I'm installing a generator at my house. Ooh. Is that not the sexiest thing you've heard in a long time? And remind us, Justin, what's the motivation for a generator? Uh, The motivation is power outages Mm -hmm. and having three kids on devices and um, the ability to also conduct work from home in the event of power outages. So, you know, just try to maintain productivity and sanity in the household. (laughs) Always good. Always good. Yeah, Yeah. that snowstorm last February took out a lot of people's power. Well, the Farmer's Almanac right now is predicting seven major snowstorms to hit the Northwest this winter. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, get prepared, guys. (laughs) I guess we've had had it tame so far this year, but (laughs) might be coming for you. Also, uh, that means, too, that the holidays are right around the corner. We've already had discussions in my family about Thanksgiving and Christmas and people getting together. We always do a tamale party around this time of year. Um, But that also means that Advent calendars are out there for you, so don't forget to pick one up. Advent calendars, and today at Capitol Hill, we're hosting the people, uh, the great folks from... Fever Tree. It's one of the world's largest mixers, and they make all of the very high-end premium mixers for cocktails. And uh, they chose three distilleries in the U.S. to launch some new products, and one of them was ours in uh, in our Capitol Hill space. So if you're out and about Seattle and you want to check out some new premium mixers mixed with some of our spirits, the Capitol Hill location is the place to do it. Awesome. And I know Dane's going to join us a little later and talk to us about some cool recipes he did with Fever Tree. Oh, yeah. He's, he was been instrumental behind the scenes on the help and making sure we can pull it off. I love this idea. Before we get to that, though, what's going on in the headlines? Well, uh, this is from msn.com. This winery lets you go trick-or-treating for booze, and it's all I want to <laughs> do this fall. That's the headline. <laughs> Not my quote. That's the headline. One of the biggest bummers about growing up is that you no longer get a partake in trick-or-treating, which means no more free candy, unless, like at my house, you institute what's called the parent tax. So after trick-or-treating, the kids dump the candy out, and us parents get to institute a tax as a form of government to extract butterfingers, frankly. (laughs) Um, One winery in Pennsylvania is offering adults the ability to trick-or-treat for something arguably better, which is booze. The Chatsford Winery, located in Chad's Ford, Pennsylvania, hosts adult trick-or-treat every weekend from September 28th until October 27th. So you still have a couple Saturdays to do this if you're going to be in Pennsylvania. You show up at the winery. There are a variety of stations. At each station, you are rewarded with wine and even some food pairings. Uh, This year, they have mac and cheese. They've got uh, wine cocktails and dirt cupcakes garnished with gummy worms Mm. and so on. And the costumes are encouraged. In fact, if you show up in costume, you get 20% off any bottle of wine you purchase. 
And uh, rain or shine, it happens. $25 a guest online in advance. I think with the nearly 1,000 wineries we have in Washington, this should be happening here in Washington as well. I would agree. And you see it. This is kind of, it brings out the kid and everybody Halloween does. But this also gives you a a more adult way to still dress up and still do something you like. So I like the combination of the two. That's right. And next up in the news, uh, this one was from Fox News, but this was all over the Internet and social media last week. Scotch Distillery debuts the first whiskey cocktail pods, and it gets mocked mercilessly on Twitter. (laughs) People refer to it as the Tide Pods of Whiskey. So this comes from the Glenlivet. And uh, they essentially had made pods that looked just like the Tide Pods uh, that you would use for laundry detergent. Um, And they did it in three flavors. Each pod is filled with 23 milliliters of scotch, um, about 0.77 fluid ounces, so about half of the typical shot in the U.S., According to the press release, the capsules are popped in the mouth for an instant burst of flavor, and the capsule is simply swallowed. I'm not sure how I feel about that, <clears throat> because uh, scotch is usually a high percent of ethanol, and ethanol is a very good solvent. So I wonder, what is the pod material made out of that makes it resistant to the uh, solvency products of ethanol? And do I want to put that in my body? I don't know. Yikes. So, quote, uh, when the Glenlivet approached us to create single malt whiskey pods, we knew it was going to be an extremely exciting partnership, and they wanted to create original solutions to get uh, and consume drinks in a new way. Uh, this is the founder and CEO of Notpla, which is the, quote, sustainable packaging startup that partnered with the Glenlivet to make the pods. So <clears throat> Twitter did not appreciate it, and they said, this is one invention that no one asked for. Uh, I thought that was the best quote. I, I like you know, people trying to jump on trends or just being find cool, funky things. But we should do almost a whole show one time about just weird inventions or, you know, misguided yeah. paths that we've talked about a lot of them on this show. I feel like scotch yes. has been branded for so long as kind of a more elegant drink yes. that you sip on. Turn, turning it into like essentially a jello shot just seems like a strange yeah. marketing Stick move. Stick with the bougie side of it. Don't try don't try to uh don't try to make it like the every person's drink, I think. <laughs> yeah. You could put it in your laundry and see if does. And finally a Florida man gave beer to an alligator no. and he enticed the reptile to bite him. Uh, a Florida man has been arrested for allegedly attempting to bait an alligator into biting his arm and pouring beer into the reptile's mouth. Um, Timothy Kepke, 27, of Hobie Sound, was out with one of his friends. According to reports, they caught the alligator, attempted to entice the animal to bite his arm, and poured the beverage in the animal's mouth. It's not sure how large the alligator was. They were arrested and charged with one felony count of unlawfully taking an alligator. I didn't know that was even a thing. Oh, my gosh. Um, They were tipped off about the illegal treatment, and they sent the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission out. They videoed the incident. And this is more proof of what they say, which is all the nuts roll downhill and they end up in Florida. I just can't imagine having to be the person who wrote that law. I always wonder how these get <laughs> make. Like, you really have to create a law that says you can't unlawfully take an alligator. Uh, just a weird, weird job. Weird job down in Florida. The most shocking thing about this is he says he was not drunk during the incident. <laughs> No, and I wonder what kind of beer he was trying to give them. Maybe oh it was one of the $724 beers that they bought at the uh, oh, Miami, yes. Miami yeah. Dolphins football game. 
to be that be an expensive <laughs> an expensive use for it. Coming up on Cast Club Radio, gin and tonics, cosmopolitan, margaritas. These are some of the most iconic cocktails. But do you know the history behind your favorite go-to cocktail? It's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. We all have a favorite cocktail on this show, and maybe it rotates depending on what time you are in your life. But it's pretty fascinating how some of these cocktails come to be and the actual origin stories behind them. You might be surprised at some of them. We found this great article from the Daily Mail that goes through some of the history of these drinks. And you know what? As a history nerd, this is pretty exciting to me. <laughs> a history nerd. I am. I My mom. A baseball nerd. Well, there's there's a couple of nerdy. There's actually, you know what? They're just pretty much everything about me is nerdy. But uh, my my mom was a U.S. history major before going to law school, so uh, she definitely instilled that passion in me as well. This will be a fun trip. That's both like informative, but also gives you some practical knowledge. Well, instead of just reading through the list to begin with, one, uh, you each pick your favorite off the list, Ooh. and you can kind of talk about it and see how it how it. Uh, if the drink holds up to the history. All right, Maura, what what's on here that just really jumps out to you? Um, well, I, I definitely like a few of these, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Manhattan. Nice. Uh, classic. All right. So the Manhattan, as the name suggests, the drink was rumored to have originated at the Manhattan Club in New York City in the early 1870s. Dr. Ian Marshall made it to serve as a banquet honoring then-governor and presidential candidate Samuel J. Tilden, the first ever recipe called for equal parts of vermouth and whiskey and a dash of orange bitters. Today, it's made with two parts rye, one part sweet vermouth, a dash of bitters, and a cherry garnish. And uh, it is one of the classic, if you recall some of our previous shows, we've talked about the top ten cocktails, and Manhattan always ends up being in the top ten in terms of what's ordered at, at the bars. What do you like about this drink, Maura? I think I like that... You know, sometimes if I'm going to have a martini, which generally tends to be a stronger drink to begin with, mm -hmm. I kind of almost want to taste the alcohol and have it be more of a sipping drink and not something that you can't taste it and you drink it so fast that it's dangerous. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I feel like that's what this, but it's all, at the same time, it's smooth. And there's just a touch of sweetness because I don't like overly sweet drinks. And if you are using <clears throat> high quality whiskey or rye in this, then you're right. It's still, you enjoy that taste. Justin, what's your pick on here of your, of your go-to? Oh, on here, uh, my pick would probably be either the old-fashioned or the screwdriver. I'm going to go with the screwdriver because it's one of the excuses to have an adult beverage in the early morning because it comes yes. with orange juice and you make sure you get that vitamin C. Uh, there are multiple <laughs> stories about the invention of the screwdriver, but the most popular one claims it was created in the 20th century by oil workers in the Persian Gulf who started adding vodka to their morning orange juice while on the job. That doesn't sound very safe. Um, <laughs> no. Without a spoon to stir it, they settled on using whatever was nearby. And in this case, it was a screwdriver. I Interesting. I never knew that. Mm -hmm. Me neither. Now, if you have uh, Galliano's liqueur and you add that to the screwdriver, what can you make? Harvey Wallbanger. The Harvey Wallbanger. That's right. 100 so, points, Demora. <laughs> very good. So uh, the screwdriver is... Uh, probably my favorite off this list. 
All what right. about you? Uh, well, you know, you guys are probably thinking I'm going to pick gin and tonic because that's on here. G&Ts. My mom does love a good G&T. Mom's getting a lot of shout outs on the show nice. today. Sorry, mom. But uh, I actually, I hate tonic. I can't do it. I've tried. Mm. It's too medicinal of a taste for me. Um, so I like gin drinks, but I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with a mojito, which is nice. a little bit of a surprise. They're not something I would want to drink all the time. It depends on the season and the weather. But I will say, pretty delicious. Uh, this was one of Ernest Hemingway's favorite alcoholic beverages. Uh, was born in Havana, Cuba, although the exact location is disputed. One story dates back to 1586, when British privateer Francis Drake sent his men to shore to acquire medicine to remedy dysentery and scurvy. They reportedly came back with a concoction of guardiente, a precursor to rum that literally translates to burning water. Ooh. Wow. Lime, sugarcane juice, and mint, which remain the cocktail's primary ingredients. Now we know why you need the sugar in there. Yeah, I know. Do you want to know how to make a bartender angry? Ask them to make a mojito. <laughs> Ask them to make a virgin mojito for your kid. Oh, yep. Yikes. That'll yeah. do it. Because they have to it. go through all the same muddling stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> with that, all the, and mm-hmm. the kids don't usually tip very well either. No. When, I'm not going to lie. When people ordered a mojito when it was super busy at like midnight at the bar I worked at, I would, I think I visibly could not hide my disdain for them on my face. I would never, <laughs> I've actually never felt comfortable enough to order this drink in a bar. It's unless it's like a really? small bar with a, a like not a lot, a lot of traffic just because I feel so much for bartenders and that's and it's their specialty. I'll make this at home sometimes or like make this uh, for parties, but I, it's not typically one I would order in a bar. One cocktail that's not on the list here that has an interesting history is the Mai Tai. And uh, most people associate the Mai Tai with Hawaii, mm-hmm. uh, dark rum and, and uh, the juice and the cherry. Mai Tai was actually invented by a bartender in Oakland, California in 1954. Wow. And uh, they came up with the name, and then it stuck, and they started selling it all over Hawaii. And uh, I think it's interesting how uh, some of these cocktails are made specifically for marketing purposes, such as, on our list, the Moscow Mule. Mm-hmm. Which is just taken off everywhere, it feels like, in the last five to ten years. There's all kinds of variations yes. of it now. Mm-hmm. That's right. We talked about this in the past. The Moscow Mule hails from Russia is the assumption of most people, but that's not true. It was actually invented in Los Angeles, California in 1941. <clears throat> a man named John Martin, who was president of a liquor company called Hublin, walked into his friend Jack Morgan's bar called the Cock and Bull. The bartender there, Wes Price, was trying to get rid of a bunch of ginger beer because no one was buying it. And Martin's company had just acquired the brand called Smirnoff. And in the U.S., people had not been consuming a lot of vodka, so they had a surplus of vodka. They put the two together. It was an instant hint. As for the famous copper mug, Morgan's girlfriend, Ocelain Schmidt, inherited a copper goods business, so they deemed it a match made in heaven to help her get rid of some surplus copper mugs, and thus was born the Moscow Mule. Just the perfect storm. Yeah. It's kind of the Julia Childs-esque theory, though, of like making use of what you have, which mm-hmm. I do really appreciate. They took these uh, took these problems and then made something incredibly popular out of it. This makes sense, though, this invention, as opposed to scotch in Tide Pods. <laughs> yes, <laughs> please, no. Not, not quite the equivalency. No, thank yeah. you. Last up on the list, the margarita. Multiple people claim to have concocted the very first margarita. The earliest and most widely accepted account is from Carlos Danny Herrera, who reportedly made it for a client in his Tijuana-area restaurant called Rancho La Gloria in 1938. Rumor has it the customer actress Marjorie King 
was allergic to all hard liquor except tequila. To make it more palatable for her, Herrera added lime and Cointreau, salted their rim, and called it a day. And thus we have the margarita. Well, thank you to her. Thanks, Marjorie. Yeah. Appreciate you. Glad you had those allergies. I know. Sorry that you did have to have them, but we benefited from it. So, indeed, thank you. This full list and article available at DailyMail.com. Uh, we didn't even get to a lot of it, so make sure you check that out. Up next on Cast Club Radio, though, one of our favorites, Distiller Dane, is going to join us. We're going to chat about some specialty whiskeys that he created to pair with the two new mixers that Fe- Fever Tree is launching, which you can check out today at Heritage Distilling, the Capitol Hill location. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Right now we are joined by one of our favorite guests. You usually hear him giving us uh, the top five, his top five for the week. Distiller Dane joining us right now. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Very good. And glad we get to talk to you a little more in depth today about a pretty exciting project. You are out at the Capitol Hill location today as part of the fever tree launch that's happening there and so people if you're excited to meet the the voice on the other side of the radio you can meet distiller dane today out there but what is behind the launch that's happening today yes i'm very excited about this because i'm a huge fever tree fan personally um but they have uh designed and released two new ginger ales to their product line Uh, One of them is a spiced orange ginger ale, um, and the other one is a smoked ginger ale where they actually smoke some of the water used in it. So kind of two different new ginger ale flavors on kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, And in association with that and the event, we have designed two new Distillers Reserve blended whiskeys to pair with each one of the ginger ales. Sounds awesome. Ooh, yeah. And what was the creative process like for this like from start to fruition yeah so from the very beginning we obviously got samples of the ginger ale because we had to try them out um but we got some samples of those in and then we kind of mix them with just bourbons and rise them by themselves um some specialty ones we had stored away for a little longer um we kind of see saw which spirit kind of i guess blended well with it and messed it around with a couple different mixed drink variations and cocktails and then we ended up going on a bourbon-forward blended whiskey um, for the spice orange one and then a rye-forward one for the smoked one to kind of carry over that spiciness of the rye with the smoke. Ooh, nice. that sounds good. We've talked about using s- smoke flavor in cocktails before. What is it when you're making that whiskey that you look for to kind of complement that? Yeah, that's a good question. So the smoke on this is very nice. It's not so much like a heavy peat in the scotch you'll find. Um, it's a little strong um, in the soda in a good way when you're just drinking it by itself. Um, but then once you actually blend it into cocktails, it kind of soothes down. So um, the cool thing was uh, for this one, we created our blended whiskey uh, number nine, as we're calling it, which is 50% or 100 proof. Um, and it's uh, both from straight rye and straight bourbon uh, single barrels that we pulled from our rickhouse, uh, just between three and a half to almost four years old. Um, and the balance of them, with this one being about 75% rye, kind of has like your silky dry mouthfeel, very vibrant, spicy, peppery notes. Um, and these actually just blend and embrace the smokiness of the ginger ale, carrying it and almost calming it across like the front to mid palate, leaving kind of a burst of it in the end. 
Um, the interesting thing about the rye is when it paired with the smoke, it almost creates like a little Manhattan-like flavor profile, just like the cocktail itself. Ooh, we were just talking about those earlier on our show. Sounds pretty delicious. So what part of this whole process and launch are you most proud of, do you think, Dane? I think just being able to work with Fever Tree themselves. Like I said, I was a huge fan of them. I always did, uh, I always use their products with my making uh, my gin and tonics. But I think it's fun to be working kind of on a more uh, whiskey-focused, eccentric uh, pairing uh, with these new ginger ales that they're releasing. Mm. Are these ginger ales kind of meant to be paired with whiskey, or are there other heritage products that you would try them with? Oh, yeah. So they're, they pair very well with whiskey. We tried a bunch of different cocktails. You know, you got to quality control and see what works best. Um, but I've messed around already with some of them with some gin. Obviously, our BSB brown sugar bourbon is delicious with the orange spice one. Mm. Um, and then we've also messed around with a few of our flavored vodkas, like the sweet ghost pepper, and mixing those in there with it as well. So we're always constantly talking to you about your creative mind with all of this here. When If people come out to see you today, can, can they hit you up with some questions? <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, we're going to be having cocktails served um, with both of the whiskeys and the ginger ale and some um, other alternative spirits to try with it as well. Um, and people actually have the opportunity to bottle their own bottle on site of these special blended whiskeys that we are having out released for this event. Well, I can tell you that uh, when I walked in the office and Dane was there with other folks on the staff, and first off, the package presentation, uh, the box that Fever Tree sent with the various uh, new ginger ales and, and other mixers the packaging was amazing and uh, then we found out that they had selected three distilleries around the U.S. to partner with and we were one of them we were honored and thrilled to be able to do that and uh, but then it was really interesting watching the reaction of the the team uh, with Dane working through tasting the products first by themselves the mixers to get an idea of what um, what the base is and then working through many of the products we have and make to figure out what would pair best and that was kind of a fun cocktail night because you know your job is to mix things up and, and experiment and see what happens and I think the team came up with something that we are very excited about and I know the folks at Fever Tree are excited about and, and many of their leadership team are, are flying out here to Seattle for this kickoff. You mentioned that you've always loved them. Dane, what have you loved so much about Fever Tree as a company or their products? Yeah, the Flavor profiles, consistency, and every time I use them to make any kind of cocktail where I need that ginger ale or that tonic, it just always best represents the spirit that I'm using with it. Sorry, guys. So you mentioned, Dane, the cocktails that you're going to be serving today at this great event. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit more about each of those? Yes, I can. So uh, we have two blended whiskeys, blended whiskey number nine and then blended whiskey number 16, which you also might know as Gardner Minshew's Cougar Jersey number. Um, <laughs> I love it. But nice a little, toss there. a little ode to him out there. Um, so the, one of the first cocktails you'll find is the Sunshine Buck. Um, so this will be served up in a tumbler with a large orange slice um, pressed, and then they'll have one ounce of the blended whiskey, uh, number 16, ice added to it, and then it's going to be topped off with the Fever Tree spiced orange ginger ale, um, and they'll be rolled and shaked and mixed. Um, one of the other cocktails we'll have um, being served up at the event is the Smoked Pineapple Mule. Um, I'm really excited mm-hmm. about this one. Um, this is, we'll have one ounce of blended whiskey number 9, 0.25 ounces of pineapple gum syrup, 0.25 ounces of pineapple juice, um, we'll add ice, shake briefly, we'll strain into a tumbler of ice, and then top off with 1.5 ounces of the Fever Tree Smoked Ginger Ale, um, garnished with a huge pineapple chunk and cherry. 
I love that because I feel like the transition to fall happened too quickly for me. And that, that sounds like it, it can put me back into more of a, uh, a summery place. Yes, let's just go there <laughs> think, in our I minds. I think it might bring back one more sunny day, you know. <laughs> Um, we'll obviously have our BSP brown sugar bourbon paired up with the spiced orange ginger ale, like I mentioned, so you'll be able to try that. And I believe we're even going to have one gin uh, cocktail on the menu, too. Ooh. And the candy ginger uh, has a great balance of that sweetness and the heat when you bite into it, and that, that really creates some interesting depth. It's such a good cocktail garnish. I would imagine that while while people are out there, can they go ahead and look into getting advent calendars, too, or is that online only? Oh, no, we'll have them available in the store that day, too. So everything will be available that you normally see when you walk in. Um, you Fever can get an Tree early start on your holiday little, shopping. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Fever Tree will also have a little booth set up with uh, samples and be able to talk about their products as well. So go out, try some amazing cocktails, mm-hmm. get to know Distiller Dane, and you can get a jump start on your holiday shopping. It's a win, 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 win. <laughs> and try the new Fever Tree mixers. Yes. All the way around, everyone should make it out there today. How late are you guys going to be there? I'll be there as long as it is needed, so come on and stop by. <laughs> oh, that's like that. such a hard worker, Dean. Well, even though he is a hard worker and we'll let him go back to work here pretty soon, we have to get a top five, a new top five from Diller Dane first. So uh, that's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Distiller Dane is on the line with a brand new top five for us. Dane, what's number one? Number one on my list. I might have a few Halloween things thrown into here since I won't be talking to you guys again until after the holiday. Perfect. Uh, So number one on my list is a Halloween classic. It's hard to not come across when you're flipping through the channels leading up to the holiday. A nostalgic early 90s movie um, that you just can't really help but watch when it's on. And that is Hocus Pocus. I was hoping that was it. (laughs) Yes. Like the best Halloween movie. Yes. I've never seen it. It really is the best. What? Justin, come on. You've never seen it? It's Sarah Jessica Parker's breakthrough role, and I'm Mm -hmm. actually hoping there's maybe a reboot of the movie in the future. That'd be pretty cool. Oh, I could see that happening. I feel like I've heard some rumblings. This is Bette Midler is in there. And I mean, uh, you've got kids. I think that they would appreciate this. Mm -hmm. I'll have to look into it. Okay, good. (laughs) It's only on TV like every day (laughs) leading up to, to Halloween, so it should be easy. Okay. All right, number two. Number two, fresh hot beer season is coming to an end, um, and fall winter is here, which means that it's barrel-aged stout season. And luckily, we have a local brewery, Fremont Brewing, which is nationally known for this style, and they have officially begun their yearly their yearly releases of their Dark Star Bourbon Barrel-Aged Oatmeal Imperial Stout and the soon-to-be-released B-Bomb Barrel-Aged Winter Ale. So... Keep an eye out for these local delicacies. Ooh. A good stout is an amazing thing. It holds up very well. It is stout in terms of its uh, viscosity and thickness. Oh, nice. And if you, if you want to take your stout to the next level, throw a floater of BSB or vanilla vodka mm. or uh, even a whiskey uh, floater on top of that and enjoy. And it, it changes the creaminess, the texture, and the depth of the flavor uh, amazingly. I feel like that really takes you into full winter mode right there, but in a good way. Oh, yeah, right. in a good way. And then you locally, you can usually find them pretty easily. 
but I highly suggest going in the brewery on the weekend of the release because they usually have some other specialties on tap. Oh, good tip. Good tip. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Number three. All right. Number three. I'm actually super excited about this because I haven't seen this person perform yet. You might know him as one half of Outcast, but Big Boy <laughs> is playing at the Neptune Theater tonight, and I yes. got tickets to it. Let's go. Oh, jealous. <laughs> he is amazing. I saw Outcast live, and it was one of the best at the Gorge, and it was one of the best concerts ever. He doesn't look like he's missed a beat at all, so you're going to have a lot of fun. Neptune's a great theater to see it at, too. Yeah, I haven't been there in a long time. I've been there once before. I know it's a little smaller. Um, and I also noticed for maybe the more rock fans out there that Tom Morello from Age Against the Machine yeah. is coming there in about two weeks, too, which is quite an intimate setting for that, too. This is like my whole childhood. Yeah. Like Rage Against the Machine, Outcast. Okay, all right. I love it. Okay, well, they may be coming yeah. out with a new album soon, so i got to keep an eye out for that, Rage Against the Machine. Mm, nice. Okay, number four. All right, for number four, with all the Halloween parties coming up, it's going to seen kind of like a bunch of ideas for cocktails and having little parties and I came across one that I might just have to try out. Um, so you're, you take a small pumpkin, not necessarily the little like very small 50 cent ones but a tiny bit larger. Uh, you carve and hollow them out and use them as like a coupe glass for your little punch that you're serving. Seemed like a very simple idea but I'm thinking about taking it to the next level and carving out a large pumpkin. Ooh. Maybe even some eyes and stuff on there and basically place my whole alcoholic punch drink in for an event. <laughs> if you do that, we're With definitely going to need pictures. I yes, feel like that's Instagram worthy for <laughs> sure. A little dry you need ice to get a fishbowl. Ooh, dry ice, yeah. Get a fishbowl with a big stem and you carve out along the bottom and kind of slide it in and then and you'll have glass inside the pumpkin. The pumpkin will look like it's the pumpkin and then you have a straw and uh, you can hold it by the bottom of the stem. It's a great idea. <laughs> and Put some dry ice in it. Like it. Oh, yeah. There's All right, number five. Dry ice involved. <laughs> number five <laughs> number on my five. list. Let's see. Some of these places have been popping up uh, kind of all over the country, actually. I've not been to one yet, but if you're looking for something new to try out that isn't kind of like your typical going out for bowling or putt golf, that is axe throwing. We've talked have about you guys this been to one of the, places yeah. on the show before. In fact, I think Lydia Ormara went uh, earlier in the spring. I, you know, I never actually got down there. I we need tried, to, but yeah. we, we did talk to uh, Dan from, I'm trying to remember. It, it's mm -hmm. been a while. There's a local place, and I feel horrible. I don't remember their name off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm going, there's a couple, I think there's two places in area now. I'm going to go check out Blade and Timber. I think they're more up in the Capitol area, if I remember. Um, but kind of excited to tr try it out, kind of scared. And I'm sure safety <laughs> waivers and no, adult beverages is a must at this <laughs> establishment. <laughs> Well, we will need a review and uh, recap on. You have to be brutally honest about how skilled you are. <laughs> I'm sure, like most I things. Heard, I heard if you get really good, they let you try to throw two axes at once. Ooh, yeah. That's Ooh. the ultimate challenge. I believe in you. you. You're usually typically good at most <laughs> things you do, so. I could see this going well for you. We'll need a review. I believe it was Axe Kickers that we talked to nice. Dan from. Nice, yes, yeah. that's Kickers, perfect. That's right. That's right. Well, Dane... I think I, Dane, Dane will perform better than Wazoo's defense has as of late. Oh, it's, it's ouch. Like that. Burn, burn. <laughs> yeah. Burn. yeah. Hopefully I come back with both arms and legs. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dane, okay. thank you so much again for another great Top 5 and for uh, chatting with us about the great event you guys have got going on with the launch uh, with Fever Tree today at Heritage Distilling. We'll make sure everybody checks it out. All right, thank you. Back cool. to work. Well, before we get out of here, we want to leave you with a great cocktail to take with you, and it features... Uh, sorry. 
And it's going to be featured today at the Fever Tree launch event. So if you can't make it out, you can make it at home. Yes, we call this the Seattle Smoke Show. It's going to be featured at the Fever Tree launch event. It calls for one and a half ounce of our Distillers Reserve Blended Whiskey Number no. 9, four ounces of the Fever Tree Smoky Ginger Ale, and you need some ice in a uh, fresh glass. Put the ice in, pour in one and a half ounces of the Distillers Reserve Blended Whiskey Number no. 9 with the four ounces of the Fever Tree. Add that Kanji Ginger we talked about and the orange peel, and you're good to go. I love the name. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, uh, the, the, the team's really good at this stuff, so I appreciate what they do. Absolutely. So one of the cocktails that will be featured at the Fever Tree launch event today, make sure you get out there if you have a chance. As Maura mentioned, it's a one-stop shop because not only do you get to try these things, but you can also pick up some stuff and get some of your holiday shopping out of the way early. You know, then it's just not on your mind. And you can be the first in your neighborhood to get some of these new Fever Tree uh, products that are being released. Perfect. Check out this cocktail recipe at heritagedistilling.com. You can also download episodes of the podcast. That's right. You can send us comments, questions, ideas, topics to caskclubradio at heritagedistilling.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at caskclubradio. We also are using the uh, handle brown sugar bourbon. And if you have pictures or cocktails or cooking recipes. We're getting tons of people throwing uh, pictures of what they've been making and uh, baking with uh, BSB. We use the hashtag DrinkingBSB. I love that, especially the holidays coming up. I feel like it's prime for, for baking and sharing those things with family and friends. So please share with us. We'd love, love to hear from you. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Thanks for being here, and we will see you next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling. Check us out on MyNorthwest.com to learn more and catch up on past episodes. Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling.